You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Well, to all the moms watching, again, happy Mother's Day. I know we have some new moms in the last couple of years, and so I hope you're enjoying maybe your first Mother's Day, and uh, I hope that you're celebrated and spoiled today, and so uh, happy Mother's Day. Welcome everyone to our church online service. Uh, if you're new or don't know who I am, my name is Richard, and it's a great joy to have you joining us today, wherever you're watching from. And uh, like was mentioned, we're going to be jumping back in a series we started uh, last year, actually uh, just following Easter, so kind of in the same uh, time of the year, called Unstoppable. We're working through the book of Acts. Acts is a big book. It's about 28 chapters. And so we're dividing it up and doing it in different seasons. So we're in season two of um, Unstoppable. But before we get there, I, this is a way of maybe uh, kind of kicking off, if you will. Um, have you ever had one of those moments where maybe you've been looking back uh, retrospectively on your life? Maybe you're bringing to mind some some things that you've gone through, maybe some challenging times, some really tough times, and maybe with a bit of hindsight and perspective, you've being able to come to a different perspective of that time in your life that was maybe very different when you were in it. You know, if I think about times in my life when I look back, I've seen that and I've, I've been amazed to see how my perspective has shifted and perhaps even seen how God was actually using something that was at the time very difficult or maybe at the time didn't really understand what was going on or what was the purpose for that. But looking back and say, oh, wow, yeah, I can kind of see the hand of God upon that time. And then if we're really honest, there's probably times where we still don't have that revelation yet. We still can't quite make sense. What was that all for? And it's in those times where we just trust God, that God's good and God's got a plan and God's it's all in God's sovereign hands. Well, this is in a way setting out what we're going to be diving in today as we will launch into an, another significant movement in the book of Acts, the, the fresh church, the followers of Jesus, Fresh after his resurrection, uh, fresh after the infilling of the Holy Spirit, um, we're going to see what, what, what it looks like for them when they encounter disruption. But as they become, as they look back upon this time, they're going to come to see that that disruption was actually divine. So we're going to title this message, Divine Disruption. And so before we get to today's passage, just to familiarize ourselves again with this, um, Jesus, in the first chapter of, of Acts, uh, sets up really the theme of the book of Acts. He's spent um, some time with his disciples and he's about to have his ascension. And he says this to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so the author of Acts is Luke, Gospel of Luke. It's really a continuation of the story of Jesus, but now it's through Jesus' church, through his people, his followers, and through his spirit. Um, and he says that you're going to bear witness to me. You're going to bear witness to me in, in word and in deed, and you're going to bear witness to me starting locally, but it's going globally. And so we see that. And so Acts documents this movement geographically and also ethnically. And so in the first seven chapters, the first season that we covered, we see that largely it takes place in Jerusalem. And the church is really uh, Jewish Christians, predominantly, almost exclusively Jewish Christians. And so it hasn't quite gone uh, globally as Jesus commanded them. But we're going to see a shift, and that happened now. And so also in season one, if you remember, some incredible things happened. Some incredible miracles happened. Some incredible moments of lots of people uh, turning to Jesus, putting their faith in Jesus, becoming followers of Jesus. But we also see uh, some incredible 
uh, challenges and persecution. In fact, uh, season one ends with the first martyr, Stephen. Stephen is executed for his faith. And so this is where we're going to pick up uh, the story today. And we're going to be reading from Acts 8, verses 1 through 4. And it says this, And Saul approved of Stephen's execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout or godly men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered were, went about preaching the word. And so... Four short verses, and we're going to unpack a little bit today, and just as a, a teaser of where we're going in season two, but what's really incredible is we're introduced to a, another character called Saul, and you're going to hear more about him. In fact, you're going to hear about his radical conversion. He thinks he's doing the will of God by arresting and throwing these Christians into prison. He's a zealot. He's very uh, a devout Pharisee, and he, think he's, he thinks he's doing right in the eyes of God, and Jesus is going to confront him. And a lot of your New Testament is penned by this Saul who later we get to know him as Paul. Um, but we're not going to spend time with him today, much on him today. But in these four verses, uh, for me, what really struck me in these four verses is really two things, two responses, two perspectives, I think, that are godly. And I think that will help not just help them, but help us as we face our own Perhaps not persecution, but certainly disruption or difficulties in life. You know, certainly these last two years have been a huge disruption in many different ways, and it's still not over. And so in these four verses, we're going to see both a timely and a timeless response to disruption. And uh, I think these things need to be held in tension at both ends. And so we're going to look at those very briefly here today. The first one is a timely response. Bear witness to the moment. Notice just this matter-of-fact verse. Verse 2, it says, Devout or godly men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. In the midst of the chaos of what's going on, they're, they're being arrested, they're being thrown, they're being evicted from their homes. You know, it says Saul is ravaging the church. They take the time to go and bury their friend, Stephen. It's a timely response. Stephen's death is a tragedy. It's a tragedy. He was murdered, persecuted, executed. And so it's a godly and appropriate response that they go and honor him by burying him. It was a great dishonor to have someone unburied, much like in our culture today's too. But also that they weep and lament and mourn and grieve over him. You know, sometimes, uh, in the midst of our hardships or in the midst of someone else going through a hardship, we, we want to just escape it. It's very human response. You want to do something to escape that situation. You also want to do something to help another person escape that situation. And sometimes we offer, you know, sincere but maybe mis placed kind of comfort to people. You think about someone who's maybe mourning the death of a loved one and we try to make it soft like, oh, you know, Say, 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 we say things out of helping them, but it's not really helping them. Sometimes we just got to sit in the moment with them and maybe not say anything at all and bear witness to the moment. Be timely in that moment. What's, what's appropriate in this moment is mourning or grief or lamentation or whatever it is. You know, think of so much of the loss that people have experienced these last couple of years, whether it's physical loss, loss of loved ones, or whether it's just loss of moments, of celebration moments, of anniversaries, birthdays, graduations. That's a time to grieve, to lament, to 
mourn. We've spoken much about that in our church over the years. But again, I, it's just here we are. And, and just this verse really just struck me how they take the time to do an appropriate, timely response and bear witness to the moment. And so what would that look like for you and I? What, what is, I don't know what the moment is in your life right now. I don't know if it's a, still a hardship moment or a joy-filled moment. But take the time to be in the moment. You know, we've heard that phrase, be in the moment. The great challenge of our technological age is to be present. So often we're, we're, we're trying to capture the moment on our devices or we're thinking too far ahead. You know, you've, you've seen that, I don't know if you've seen that meme, but it's a meme of the, all these young concert goers and they've all got their phones out at the concert and there's this elderly lady and she's just in awe just staring and enjoying kind of present in the moment what is that for you right now how might the lord want you to be bearing witness to the moment that you don't miss something that he might want to do right now in your life and so we don't want to dismiss or diminish or deny um, the circumstances we are in we want to be fully present to them i love what uh, this quote says donald Blush says, God is not a passionless observer of the human scene, but is deeply involved in the human drama, overcoming evil with good. He is unchanging in the integrity of his purposes, but he is not removed from the sufferings of a fallen humanity. The God of biblical revelation does not lift humanity above sorrow and tribulation, but guides humanity in the midst of tribulation. And so it's critical and incumbent upon us to be really attuned to our current moment. Personally, our current moment, what we're personally going through, but also culturally, what our what our culture is going through, and be attuned to that and respond timely to that. To be deeply involved in the human drama like we've just read. I love that phrase. However, if we're only attuned, if we're only in our moment, we can get incredibly discouraged disillusioned. And and so another response is needed as well in this. And so a timely response is also needed to be held in tension with a timeless response. And so if we read on in this, it tells us how you know Saul is ravaging the church. And in verse 4, it says, now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Again, just kind of a matter-of-fact thing that Luke throws in there. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the the word. And so we must learn to have a timely response, but also a timeless response to the moments of our lives, to the cultural moments that we find ourselves in, to the hard moments, the disruptive moments that we find ourselves in. And notice who, notice who in this verse, it says those who were scattered. These were ordinary men and women. It says the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. They, they were going to ride out the storm in Jerusalem, but rest ordinary men and women they were scattered. That's who we're talking about. Their lives had been disrupted and scattered. Notice what they're doing as they're going about trying to rec- recover their scattered and disrupted lives. They're going about bearing witness to the good news. They're preaching the word. They're bearing witness to the good news of Jesus and all that Jesus is and all that Jesus has done in the midst of chaos in their lives, in the midst of some really hard circumstances in their lives. They don't lose sight of the timeless message and the hope of the gospel, the perseverance and the faith and the courage that the gospel good news calls forth. And then notice why. Why are they doing this? Well, because they've been scattered. And why were they scattered? Because of persecution. Persecution led to a scattering. Now, that word is a great word, and it has the idea 
of a dispersion uh, or a sowing, if you will, a scattering seed. And so as their persecution happens, they're scattered and they preach the word. And so persecution didn't destroy the message. It just scattered it. So Stephen's death is a tragedy for sure. We acknowledge that. There's a time in response to that. We mourn and grieve. We bury. But Luke also records it as the catalyst for the expansion and growth of the church. Jesus had said, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria. For whatever reason, we don't know. It hadn't really gotten out of Jerusalem. They hadn't taken the message to Judea and Samaria. Now, let's be clear. God didn't cause the persecution, but he sure used it. He sure used it to advance his purposes and for the good of his church. And so we can call this not just a disruption, but a divine disruption. And with some perspective, maybe as Luke is many years later recalling these events, recounting, he said, that was a tragedy, Stephen, but gosh, did God use that to scatter and enlarge and grow and advance the gospel that eventually will go to the ends of the earth. And so opposition becomes opportunity disruption becomes divine destiny in the hands of God. And I think about that for them, and I think about this moment for us, whatever moment it is. And you think about a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a pastor. We, we we're consumed a lot of with 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 church and ministry and the the mission of Jesus. And you think about how disruptive the last two years has been to a lot of that. And for this, this has encouraged me to one respond timely to to what's happened in the last couple of years, but at the same time to not lose the timeless message of the gospel. That doesn't change. That hasn't changed. But perhaps God is doing something far greater than we could ever have imagined. Perhaps in years to come, we'll look back on this moment, look back on whatever personal family moments you've gone through in the last couple of years, we'll look back on this as a church and say, man, that was tough, but gosh, wasn't God up to something good? Wasn't God up to some divine disruption? Wasn't God up to something to enlarge and expand and advance his gospel and his kingdom and his good news? And so how about you? Sometimes the moments of life that are hard and we can't see how God may be working, we've got to trust that God is working, that there is a divine, a sovereign purpose behind whatever it is that we're going through. Uh, you know, one of my favorite verses, um, one of the first verses I remember committing to memory was from Romans 8, verse 28. Interestingly, Paul, Saul, pens this and he says, God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So maybe those moments that you recall in your life where you can't quite make sense of what was going on there, or maybe you're in a moment right now, you can't quite make sense, where is God in this? I find a Romans 8.28 verse like that is something that anchors my soul. To God, I don't know, but you do. And you're working all things together for good, together for my good, for your glory. And so I trust you, and I trust that perhaps later in hindsight, I'll be able to see your hand, your fingerprints, on that moment. You know, I, uh, I, it was a, a two weeks ago, Aaron and I got to uh, spend a few days down in Florida. Now, we weren't lying on a beach like Bert and Sheila were enjoying. We were hard at work. Um, so every, every, uh, twice a year in the fall, and in the spring, um, our Every Nation pastors from different parts of, of North America get together. It's a time of great bonding and fellowship. And we've missed out on that the last two and a half years. Hadn't seen some of these guys in two and a half years. And so we, we didn't miss the moment when the restrictions dropped. And so we spent three days hanging out with just some of our Every Nation pastors uh, in the States. And uh, I got to tell you, I came away with that just so encouraged, so filled up with hope. And I was I was reminded as I was preparing this message of that moment. And um, the 
the the balance that is needed, the tension that is needed to be uh, immersed in my own context. Canada is different to the United States. Toronto is different to a lot of, a lot of other places in Canada. Uh, it's not the same as ministry in Florida or Carolina or New York. Um, and so there's a timely response needed to our context. But for so long, all I've been in, in, enveloped in is just the challenges here. And it's so good to sometimes get out and to be with people who've just got faith, got hope upon them. They're doing incredible things. They're persevering. And that's the timeless part that I needed. That's the timeless to remind God's good. God's gospel advance. God, the gospel is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world to bring forth, be a good news people. And it's as I hold those intentions, like I've got to somehow fight and contend for both of those things as I come back to my context. I've got to fight to be here fully present to my context, however hard it is, however difficult my situation is, but also be reminded that there is community and that there's people and there's input that's needed to remind me of the hope, the courage, the perseverance, the faith that the gospel uh, requires and produces in us. And so how about you? What are those places? What are those people perhaps that God needs to uh, be more involved in your life, be a voice in your life of encouragement, of hope, of good news, so that we truly can be good news, so that wherever we're scattered, wherever we're disruption might take us, we bear the gospel with us. We take, bear witness to that message of hope, to that message, whatever that particular message is needed in a particular place that you are right now. So God doesn't cause the persecution. God doesn't necessarily often cause the difficulties in life. Sometimes we bring them onto our own, but God certainly can use them. Nothing's beyond his redemptive purposes uh, for his glory and for our good. And so I see this in this uh, these passages that we've been reading. And so I want to end off. I know this is a very short sermon. You're like, wow, that uh, that break in Florida was really good for you. You need to spend more time down there. You have shorter messages. Um, but we're going to be jumping into some powerful stories in the next six or seven weeks. We're going to be jumping into some powerful just encounters with the gospel. We're going to see how this gospel, these bearers of good news, the most unlikely people, people caught up in witchcraft, people caught up in Saul, people, some of the most uh, incredible, incredibly evil people against the church that get turned around. We're going to see how this gospel breaks barriers, geographic, ethnic, cultural barriers. It's the same power then as it is now. And that gives me hope as we look at our context, as we read our moment, as we respond timely and timelessly to what God would have us do in our moment. I want to end off with two reflective questions for you to go away, some homework for you. Or if you're in a small group, this may be something that you can take into your small group this week. Number one, how might God be using disruption and circumstances to work in and through me in new ways. How might God be using whatever disruption you're going through, have gone through, whatever circumstances you find yourself in that maybe are squeezing you, putting pressure on you? How might that, how might you have a different perspective and say, how might God be wanting to perhaps do something in you and through you that may be new and that maybe he couldn't do just like them? It took a persecution to get them to scatter and get on with the mission that he called them to do. How might God be doing uh, something in your life and through your life uh, in a new way. The second question is, what does bearing witness to the moment and message look like in your life right now? What timely and timeless response do you need to have as you face the situations you face? Maybe it's at work, maybe it's a family situation. Um, as you consider ministry, as you consider you bearing good news, what timely and timeless response do you need 
to bear witness to in your life right now. And so as you reflect on those, as you reflect on these short verses, as you see that uh, God is the one behind divine disruption, that he's using and working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, how might that give us comfort and courage to keep going in our moment? I pray that God would meet you in significant ways as you reflect on his word this week, as you get together in community with your small group, as you open up your Bible, as you pray, as you seek him, that he indeed would meet you right where you're at. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.